Hey, yo, and here we go. Another episode of We Talk Music is on the air and in your ear. And once again, I am Martin, and I have with me the king of the casters, Mr. Brett Podcast. And Brett, I'm sure we have a guest that is sure to please our listeners today. Well, he's a guest that uh, that surely pleases us whenever he sits Not down and plays the guitar. Brett. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's totally fair. But But as far as being an amazing guitarist, we have an absolutely incredible guitarist. He plays with House of Lords, and as well, he plays with Autograph, and that's the reason that we're here to talk to him about the new Autograph album. We have Jimmy Bell. Jimmy, how are you? Wonderful. How you guys doing? Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate well, it very much. Well, I mean, honestly, we're excited. I mean, we've been listening to you now for a while, and you were one of those people that, that as far as wanting to talk to, was pretty high up on the list because, I mean, your guitar work is phenomenal. Well, you and could so, have called me years ago. Well, oh, well. <laughs> Damn. You know, missed opportunities or what? I mean, should it, should it just be in like poking around the phone book or whatever? And <laughs> yeah, we've been doing this thing for a decade. What took you so long to get yeah, on it, Brad? Yeah. I, I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm here. I don't do anything other than play guitar. You could have called me anytime, you know? <laughs> you play a lot of guitar. Yeah, I do play a lot of guitar every day between practicing, writing songs, recording tracks it's it's just so much fun very dedicated to it well i mean and that's how pretty often obvious do you practice at your skill level up i mean how often does somebody at your skill level practice a lot really a lot yeah oh yeah i want to because i want to keep uh i want to keep learning stuff i, I uh i want to keep uh trying to uh progress as a guitar player uh i always try to dabble in uh other types of things to you know if if uh plus you know the 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 way that i play the uh the technique the technical part of my playing i i'm i'm one of these guys that has to practice a lot i'm not one of these guys at a gig that could have their guitar on a stand say and then walk up on stage grab the guitar and start playing when i'm at a gig i'm practicing that guitar from you know the second i walk into that building to the second that i go on stage and, and all day in the hotel room. I, I'm working on stuff, working my hands. Uh, it's, it's a nonstop day. That, one of my favorite things is when I'm on the road because I just sit in that hotel room and play guitar the entire day, go to sound check, play the guitar uh, the whole time, and then walk right on the stage and keep going, you know? That's crazy. It makes me wonder. I mean, if you would have been the same way if you had stuck with the drums. I mean, uh, clearly guitar, <laughs> guitar is the instrument for you. Yeah, uh, the guitar. Uh, I was a drummer, you know. You know that. I, I, I uh, um, you know, I had a drum scholarship and everything from the uh, from ages ten to thirteen, from the Hartford Conservatory of Music. I was a uh, a rudiment drummer, you know, the, from the symphony orchestra type stuff. And um, I was jamming with some guys here in my house. They were in high school. I was in junior high, and the guitar player left his guitar out. And uh, this was in the 70s. And, uh, you know, uh, he had just left it leaning against the amp. So I picked it up. He had this uh, old 70s Big Muff Fuzz. So I turned that on and I hit the low E string and I flipped out. <laughs> I said, you know, now keep in mind, I'm right handed. I mean, I'm left handed and this was a right handed guitar. So, uh, you know, the strings were all backwards, but I was hitting this low E string and I'm going like, you know, just losing my mind going, oh, my God, listen to this sound. I go, this is what I want to do. I don't want to play drums. You know, <laughs> it was literally that fast. I dropped my drum scholarship and started guitar and, and never looked back. 
did that did that change the way you listen to music? Like, were you listening for drums in the past, and then then you started shifting and listening for guitarists? Yes, uh, exactly. Uh, I'll tell you why. Um, I'm older. I'll be 65 on my next birthday. Uh, my parents uh, brought me up listening to big band music, mm-hmm. so I used to listen to uh, Glenn Miller, Benny Goodman, uh, and I was a real huge fan of Gene Krupa. Uh, the jazz drummer who I, who I luckily got to meet before he passed away. And um, so I would always, you know, I was into that drumming stuff. You know, I wanted to learn that and buddy rich and all that stuff. And and then um, these guys that I were jamming with, they brought down the Johnny winter album, this Johnny winter. And it was called, it was a live album uh, with Rick Derringer on it. uh, I think it was from the Fillmore East. It was recorded. And I would, I started listening to that and the guitar playing on that record blew my mind so bad that I said, oh, you know, I, I, I have to, you know, make, I have to make some changes here. I, I want to be a, a guitar player like this. So Johnny Winter was one of my first influences. He, uh, it was one of those things where Johnny played traditional blues, but he also had a lot of fire. He had a lot of really fast chops he was doing. And that's what caught my ear. And then somebody turned me on to uh, uh, Deep Purple. And then that was it. Once I discovered Richie Blackmore, that was, you know, that was it. Everything just kept going uphill from then, you know. Well, it's interesting because like uh, when we talked to James recently about the new House of Lords album, he, he like he's like, oh, Jimmy's such a shredder. He loves to shred. And, and so... <laughs> So it's just this this funny thing because we know you can, but of course you also are able to play, you know, so melodically and and fit your style within. Like, is it hard to rein yourself in sometimes? No, not really. I, well, in the old days, I used to be a train wreck, you know, because I was all about <laughs> building my technique. You know, back in the early '80s and stuff, I was, uh, you know, I had to learn how to play. Uh, a lot of fast stuff pretty early on in my career, you know, like by the time I was 16, you know, I started, like I said, late 13, very close to 14. And then by the time I was 16, I was already playing out in clubs and um, I had developed a lot of fast chops on the guitar already, but I, I then wanted to do more. So I, I, I was trying to figure out how to, how to connect scales and all that other stuff. So, yeah, in the early part of my days, I was really going for it, you know, just, you know, technique, technique, technique. And then later on, I was able to adapt uh, more melodic stuff along with the technique. So uh, that that really helped in a lot of uh, House of Lords songs, uh, especially because that's a melodic rock band, you know. So you got to play a melodic rock song. <laughs> <laughs> So then when it comes down to like, what's the difference in guitar styles between House of Lords and Autograph? Well, you know, it's, it's, I, I, let's talk about the writing uh, of the material uh, part of that. Um, When I write songs for Autograph, or if I write songs for House of Lords, uh, I keep in mind who the vocalist is. Now, Simon is a, a, an incredible vocalist uh straight ahead rock you know he's he's I love, he's got a bluesy voice but he's got a lot of range that people don't even know i heard him sing boston uh on an acoustic set and he blew my mind i didn't even know he could hit those notes 
because uh, I'm so used to what he sings in autograph, you know. Uh, but so I keep in mind uh, the type of style the band is and who I'm writing for. So the songs that I would write for um, uh, House of Lords will be different uh, than what I write for autographs. So you got to keep that in mind. And of course, when I'm doing that, like if I have a song that's a little bit more rock edgy, uh, like for autograph, uh, I could make it more of a that type of a, a solo. I write country songs, too. You know, I, I've been writing a bunch of not not hokey country. I'm talking about new country. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. New country is rock and roll. As far as I'm concerned, it's it's rock. It's not even it's not the cowboy rock anymore. These guys are, are rapping in it and everything else. So I don't know what, you know, country's made a big change. But um, so when I'm playing that style guitar, I'm doing a lot of chicken picking and snapping guitar strings and everything. So I, I adapt to what's going on in the song. So then when it comes down to like, especially working with autograph, I mean, when you talk about Simon, I'm, I mean, he loves to play the guitar. And so is it nice then to have that second guitar player around? Oh yeah. He's a great guitarist too. Not even, not a lot of people know it. Like people that see us live, you know, they see him playing rhythm and see me playing the lead stuff and everything. But Simon, Simon is an incredible acoustic player. He blows me away on acoustic guitar. I can't even, I can't even hold a candle to him. He could, he does amazing stuff on acoustic and, uh, and he does these great little lines in between songs that a lot of people might not pick up, but he's just, he's very, very talented. And not to mention, he's an incredible keyboard player on top of it. Uh, you know, that, that really blew my mind that yeah, he played keyboards he, so good. Can he play drums? Uh, no, I haven't well, there you go. got behind a drum kit yet. Yeah. <laughs> you showed him. <laughs> yeah. he, I know he could play bass. I know he could do that too, but that's, uh, you know, for demos and stuff, but you know, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> so then what was your process like for the new autograph album? And like, um, you know, when it came about, how did you kind of, you know, where'd you find the time? And then, and then what was your process to get the songs out to them? Well, um, what happened, uh, it, it was, it, it was, it's kind of strange how the whole thing came about, you know, uh, uh, Frontiers had called me about doing one of those super group projects that they, they put together. They, they called me about doing this project and they happened to mention, uh, uh, autographed within the, um, uh, you know, said how's things going with it. And, uh, and I said, oh, good. Yeah. You know, we're touring a lot and, you know, writing materials. So they were they were kind of interested in then You know, it didn't get brought up again. And then they, uh, you know, they were talking to me about this other project, sent me some emails and then they brought up autograph again a little bit. So uh, next thing I know, they you know, they uh, came back with a, uh, a nice record proposal and uh, the guys were thrilled and we got right to work. And uh, I had already been, you know, when I joined the band, I, I told Randy that. Uh, I said, he gave me freedom to do whatever I wanted. He said, Jimmy, you can do whatever you want, solo-wise, everything. Just just play the solo for Turn Up the Radio. That's the only song we, <laughs> you know, that we care about that you do. You could do anything. All the other ones, you could do whatever you want. And, and obviously, I wouldn't have tried to do something different on that anyway. Uh, so I had, um, uh, I told him, I said, you know, I'm really, I'm, I'm thrilled to be playing with you guys. Um and I, I'm, I'm really digging all the, uh, you know, the material we're doing. But I said, but I want you to know that I write, you know, I write a lot of songs. 
Uh, so I'd like to be able to, I hope that we could take this band and bring, and I could bring in some of my material to give to you. And, you know, I, st- I sent Randy a couple tracks right off the bat before I even had the old material learned. He was blown away that I actually did that because, uh, you know, uh, that, that was a big deal to them. It showed them that I wanted to take the band uh, a step further instead of just going out on stage and, you know, playing the old stuff and making a dollar. You know, I, I wanted to take the band and, and, and progress with it, which is what we've done. So, yeah, the, the writing process uh, came great. I, um, I, uh, I presented Simon with a, a bunch of ideas. Um. A foundation. I, I presented Simon, everybody, Randy, Simon, Mark. I, I I would write a whole song here with a, you know, just a drum beat going, a program drum beat. And uh, I put all the rhythm guitars on. I even played bass on it so they could just, you know, on, on a demo so they could hear what it would sound like kind of as a complete, complete thing. And they would either say, yeah, I love it. Or, you know, what else do you have? Or, you know, send something else. But, uh, you know, they pretty much loved everything I sent. So I, you know, I just kept hammering him and Simon picked the ones he really liked. And Simon had two songs. Uh, he had a lot of them, but these two particular tracks, uh, Slave Tonight and um, and um, uh, Beautiful Disaster, he had written already. Those were two tracks. So we, we said, hey, these would be, you know, these would be great for the record. Let's do this. So uh, he came to, to the table with all that. And then everything else, uh, we just, you know, got to, got to town on. Like I said, I gave him a, a really good foundation for them to work with. Uh, and uh, Simon went off and started doing the lyrics and melody lines and got everything going. And then, uh, you know, but when the recording process came, Randy added some stuff. And then uh, Mark uh, did his thing, you know, and Mark's our producer. Uh, he produced the record. So that just ended up working out great. You know, what's it like to kind of hear the song after everybody else has gotten through with it? Like know that you have this bare bones idea and now at the end, it's just like, Oh, everybody else is gone. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's my favorite thing because, um, that was always my favorite thing with house of Lords too, because I would send what I would send James, was such a bare bones thing, uh, you know, um, because autograph doesn't, you know, we don't have keyboards on there, but when James, you know, it's sending a house of Lords and it comes back with all these layered keyboards and these thousands of vocals all stacked on top of everything. It's like, wow, is that the, is that my riff underneath all that? You know, it's kind of like, you know, it becomes a house of Lords song. Well, the same thing happened with autograph, you know, we concentrated very hard, on making all these songs have very big hooks, uh, which is which is something that I learned from being with House of Lords. I, I when I uh, started working with Simon on things, I said, "Now Simon, make sure." I didn't have to tell him because he, you know, he he already knew it. But I said, "Make sure that the uh, the when the chorus comes in, it's huge. You know, don't hold back. You know, have all the have all the harmonies there right off the bat because I I found." you know, this, this could be me personally. I found that the average listener uh, will might listen to a song up to about the first course. And if you don't grab them by the first course, they might move on to the next song, you know, or not even give it a chance. So you got to really, uh, and, and when I write my songs, I always try to have the chorus come in 
uh, no more than a minute and 15 seconds into the song. A minute 30 is like the latest that I've ever had a chorus uh, enter the song. And that's probably the latest I would ever want it to. You know, a uh, minute 15 is, you know, usually my my cutoff time. The chorus has already got to be played by then, you know. Uh, and because, you know, you're talking about people just listening for, you know, a minute's a long time, you know, <laughs> you know, people don't think so, but it is, you know, uh, you know, it's like holding your breath for a minute, you know, hold your breath for a minute. You know? <laughs> I think, and I think we've seen that now, especially with social media and the way that, that people consume the videos is that that first 30 seconds to a minute is absolutely the most important. And if you don't grab people, so, I mean, it makes total sense that yeah. you need to do that in a song as well. It, it does. And, and, uh, Cause I remember, um, you know, my experience with, from house of Lords was always James always brought in the big hook choruses right off the bat. Now, when we first started going with the, uh, autograph things, um, Mark and Mark had, a uh, an idea, uh, I don't know if it was Mark and Simon, but they thought they say, well, let's do a little bit of the harmony on the first course. And then when the second course comes around, the song will, really build we'll have all the harmonies built in on the second chorus and I, I i you know i talked to them about it i said look i says you know i understand what you're you're doing and I, I i totally get it but we have to we have to grab these people within that first course we have to give them what you know holding back might mean that they're not going to make it to the second course to hear how awesome the the course will sound you know Let's just give them the full chorus right off the bat. And after listening, after they ended up, you know, doing all the harmonies on the first chorus, they were all in agreement. They said, yeah, this was definitely the way to go. So it's been a great collaboration with these guys. I love working with Simon and Mark, and I loved Randy more than anything in the world. Just absolutely devastated. He passed away um, six months today, actually. Wow. Was his, is uh he passed away so uh um it's you know it's been crazy 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 uh i'm just very grateful that the the record got turned in two weeks prior to him passing all the artwork and everything uh the only thing we had to do afterwards is we wanted to have a dedication page to randy in the in the booklet uh and they were cool with that so we had a special page added to the book uh and uh so yeah it's it's uh it's been difficult but randy played his ass off on it uh he he put a hundred percent into this record and you could hear it all over it his bass playing is phenomenal on it uh what actually i i'm not saying this because it's this record but um I'm, it's probably one of the best bass playing i've ever heard him do on a record so uh it's thunderous really really great uh, and I know uh, his fans will be thrilled, absolutely thrilled. How hard is it then? And I, and I know, you know, I mean, you can't necessarily answer this easily, but how hard is it to replace a person like Randy? It's very difficult. And we haven't, re you know, we've had a, a, a Steve Unger from Metal Church has come in. Um, and, um, you know, we had the it's it's. You know, a lot of people were, were saying, you know, oh, you, how can you replace Randy? We didn't replace Randy. We had a uh, we had some contract contractual obligations that we had that we had to fulfill uh, that were booked 
before Randy passed. Uh, Steve came in because uh, he could sing good, played bass very solid and simple. Like, like the way Randy is, that was very important that, you know, we couldn't get uh, one of these uh, crazy bass players that's playing lead bass, you know, all over the songs. It's got to be someone that just rocks the, you know, the low E string or whatever the song really required. Um, and he did, he did a great job and he's continuing to do a great job. Um, he understands the situation perfectly. Uh, he never gives us a hard time. He never says, Hey, when are you going to, you know, announce that I'm a bass player or anything like that? He's just cool doing what he's doing, you know, which is great. And we're very grateful to have him. When we, uh, when we talked to Simon, he talked a lot about the legacy of the autograph and, as long as the fans are there for the songs and want to hear them, that the best way to honor Randy is to play these songs for the people. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're, you're a hundred percent right. And he's a hundred percent right. You know, uh, we, we are, we're here to honor Randy uh, and everything that he's done. He, you know, look at Randy's been the only guy in that band in that whole band to have been it, been in it, from the very start, before some of the other guys were in it, from the very start of it to the very end of his life, he was, you know, from, from when they stopped and then when they reformed, there's one member, Randy Rand. He was the one that was in that band the longest. And he gave it 100%, you know, even when he wasn't feeling well. I knew when I joined the band, Randy had had a, a heart issue that was prior prior to me joining had a, a stent put in they you know i remember it being done i read about it on facebook actually and um i think that's what he had done something like that so when i joined the band um randy was great but still not not like a hundred percent of what he was prior you know uh and um Man, that guy just would go on on the stage and just really tear it up considering, you know, and we, him and I were so close. We, we would just like, we would laugh, tell jokes. We would always be together on that stage. It, 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 there's more photos of him and I together that uh, all over Facebook that you, you could ever imagine. It's, you know, we were that close. So uh, losing him. Uh, really, even though it was, uh, I've only been in, you know, just over three years, uh, was a big hit for me. It really was. So, uh, um, you know, it, it's important that we carry on for him. Yeah, we had the, we had the honor to talk to Randy after the last album. And I know that he was just so happy to, especially after, you know, like the, the lockdowns and stuff to be able to get out and play live for the fans again. I mean, he just told so many stories about, about being on the plane and getting out there and like having those like first few rows and seeing them. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's awesome. And just to know how much he loved that. Yeah. But, you know, I think that he'd love the fact that the band is still going and, and doing, yeah, that. he, uh, you know, he wanted, you know, that's what he wanted, you know, too. He, you know, we, we, we're, we're doing this, you know, in honor for him. You know, this is, this is a, it's important. Listen, Randy loved Randy. Like I said earlier, uh, Randy worked so hard before he went to um, 
California and recorded his bass tracks, he worked his tail off on these songs to to so he would totally be prepared uh, by the time he got to California. And it, and it shows, you know, he loved every single track that I sent him, even the ones there's there's even tracks that didn't get used that I would would send him. And he would just write, oh, my God, this is incredible. This is incredible, you know, but they, you know, they hadn't gotten used as of yet. But there's always a yet, you know. So is that the kind of thing when you when you think about writing, especially, well, whether it be for autograph or house awards or anything, do you kind of keep the songs and then and then like put them aside and then re reposition them for people? Yeah, what you do is um, like there's there's a whole bunch of songs i even after you know i write so much that even after the songs were picked for the album i kept writing more and more autograph songs i must i i, I gotta have in my computer here you know a, 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 two more albums of material <laughs> easily just on autograph alone then i i i started i you know when i write a track i would label it auto or if I wrote one for House of Lords, I title it HOL. Or for this other project, I you know titled it what that was, and and then I started just using my name, Jimmy, and then what the the key was and the the uh, the tempo of the song. You know, I started, you know, I, I was trying to figure out how to, and then I would put in, you know, and then Jimmy, I would go Jimmy, then I'd put in a parentheses auto, meaning that this song would be good for autograph. You know, so I had to start mixing them up because I was having a list. This long of songs for autograph, I couldn't I start to run out of, you know, how am I going to go through all these? So, but yeah, I just, um, well, it's, it's good to go back and revisit things. Uh, perfect example um, is uh, uh, the Saints and Sinners album uh, for that, for House of Lords. Uh, the song, um, two of the tracks on there, um, Roll Like Thunder and Taking My Heart Back are tracks that I wrote for uh, a, a different different House of Lords records. And when James was, you know, asking me for material, I said, James, I, you got to go back and listen to some of the stuff that you have already. I said, because every House of Lords record, I always wrote about 15, 16 songs, you know, for, for each record. I says, go back and listen to this song. And then uh, Taking My Heart Back was uh, the last track that I wrote for uh, the last House of Lords album, New World, New New World, New Eyes, and it didn't get used. It, it he already had the songs. It's not that he didn't like it, but he had enough. So that's that song. I kept I resent it to him right away as the first one. That was the first one. I resent him. I said, "Will you listen to this song?" And then he said, "Oh, this is great. This is great." Then I I went and found uh, this other track that became Roll Like Thunder. I go listen to this song. And then he heard it and went, what, when was this done? I go, James, that was done like five, you know, four albums ago. That song's been sitting around, you know, it's like, and there's, he's got a lot more too, like tons, tons of music, tons. Uh, for, and I'll give you an example. Here's another uh, little tidbit. The song Gotta Get You on uh, Gotta Get You on the autograph album. That was a track I wrote for House of Lords back in 2013 or 14, something like that. And James liked it, but it never got worked on. And then every album that we did, he, he would listen to that track again, but other things came in, he never completed it, never completed it. So obviously 
it, it just wasn't meant to be a House of Lords song. And when uh, I was writing for uh, Autograph, I said, I, I'm going to send you something I have done already. I sent it to Simon. And within within three days or two days, he had got to get you ready. It, it hit him instantly. So it's it, you just never know what is going to uh, what song is going to grab the vocalist that you're working for, you know? It obviously is. It's not personal, but I imagine it can be difficult when you're, you sense something, you're like, this is gold. They're going to love this. And they go, what else have you got? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. I mean, but I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Like I've sent James a lot of songs. I, I have no problem giving somebody a song and letting them chop it up the way they want to. Like I've, I've given uh, James uh, some songs and he would put it, you know, into pro tools, into the computer and then, uh, move something cut something and then add it to add a longer chorus at the end even i think they did that mark even did that on gotta get you too we added uh uh something to the end of the song so uh that that stuff uh gets done all the time that's a producer's job i'm not i don't claim to be a producer i'm just uh i'm just a guitar player you know if you guys hear something different you want to do go ahead you know uh as long as you're using the song and you dig it that's all i care about <laughs> What's it like then working, you know, like what, what are kind of the differences between Simon and James then as far as like being singers and just working with them? Well, that's a great question. Uh, uh, Simon is, uh, has a very powerful bluesy voice to me. I, I love his, the way I love his approach, the way he sings. Um, and you know, just as uh, the way he writes lyrics and everything, you know, every singer has their own vibe. You know, I, I often said to myself, I would like to take one song that I wrote, one song and give it to 12 different singers and have each singer do their take on it. I would love to hear what each singer would have done on one particular track. That was always something I wanted to do. But it just goes to prove to you that, you know, one, you know, Simon's vocal abilities and what he hears as a vocalist, uh, you know, gravitated right towards that song, Gotta Get You, whereas James kept listening to it, but it wasn't catching him until James is a very melodic, you know, melodic. Yeah, that's what that band is. It's melodic rock. He has a uh, it's a different style of vocals. Uh, it's a different approach to vocal uh, to uh, a song as well. Um there's a lot more harmonies going in and out of a House of Lords song, not even in the verses. Like a lot of times you'll hear all these little uh, undertones of harmonies or overtones that Robin, his wife might do or so, you know, there's, there's all kinds of different things going on there. So writing for two different, you know, writing for different singers is something I really enjoy. I like hearing, like you said, it, hearing the outcome of what they send me uh, at the end. Cause it's always, you know, like, wow, this is so good. So good. You know, I love that idea of one track, 12 singers. I love yeah, that. I, I mean, I don't it, think it would get old at all. I think it would be fascinating. No, it, it would be, you take, if I had, you know, if I knew 12, 12 different singers, like I, you know, I, I mean, I do know 12. To get them all to do it. You know, I would like to get, 
you know, someone like Michael Sweet, Ani Logan, uh, uh, you know, all these people that are buddies of mine, uh, just to come in. Uh, also, uh, what's his name? Uh, Tony Harnell, mm. all, all to come in and, um, and, and to, you know, do one thing with, with take this one song and do all the different uh, variations on it. Uh, it would be great. Uh, another singer that I would love is Mark Slaughter. I, I, Mark oh, Slaughter to me is like one of the nicest guys I've ever met in my life uh, in this business. Him and I talk all the time. We're just like, I, I can't say enough wonderful things about that man. Really, really no ego, just a real down the earth, incredible person. I, I love Mark Slaughter. And I would always love to work with him on something, you know, uh, you know, on that type of thing as well, you know. Mark Slaughter is another one of those people who's avoided us so far, but uh, <laughs> well, he's another oh, one of those. He, he's also another one of those guys who's a great guitar player. Michael Sweet, you talked yeah. about great yeah. guitar player, like more yeah. than just vocalists. Well, there you go. That was something. My first show with Slaughter uh, in Texas uh, uh, it was was just like amazing. Like all of a sudden, uh, Mark's pulling out a guitar during soundcheck and and playing. And I'm going like, oh my God. I say, I walked, I was right there. I said, dude, I I didn't know you played guitar that good. And and you know, then, then of course him and I start going at it, you know. And he's going, Yeah, you know, we start talking and telling me his whole story. I didn't realize that he was a guitar player uh before he joined Vinny Vincent. You know, it was uh that was his main thing, playing guitar, but he's incredible, incredible. No, it's but, so, it's funny. Yeah, but his thing that he tells me is is that it it just is for an audience perception. It's it's better for him not to have the guitar on, and just have him fronting. Uh, it, it changes how the audience views him and stuff once he throws the guitar on. You know, something like that. He was telling me. You know, and I get it. I know they like to see him bounce back and forth from side to side, uh, <laughs> vocal, you know, walk, yeah, he does. walk, walk out on the catwalk. <laughs> he's, he's all over the stage. I remember that. I remember we had a chance to meet him once. And my one thought was, man, he's all over the stage. And, uh, and I couldn't believe how tall he was when I met him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> a lot taller than I expected. Yeah. He's a tall boy. I have pictures. I have a lot of photos of Mark and I together and, it's it's funny. He's like he crouches down a little bit when I'm with him. It's like <laughs> <laughs> so you know what is the one song then that you would get recorded? That's uh, if you had to pick I, it right now. Um, well, I, I have one song that I actually have sent around a little bit. Actually, Ron Keel has it right now too, oh, and he oh. loves it. Absolutely loves the song. And uh, it's a it's a song. It's uh, um, I actually have this track that has a bit of a cult vibe to it. You know, the band, the cult. Mm. Uh, it's got a little bit of that along with a. Uh, I, don't get me wrong when I say ZZ Top, it, a little bit of a ZZ Top type thing. Uh, but uh, um almost like a give me all your loving type of thing. But it's not. It, but it, it's kind of like a mixture of that with, with the, with the cult, you know, and 
when I, I, every time I listen to this one track that I wrote, I go, God, that, that song just does something to me. You know, there's just something about this one particular track I love. And, uh, uh, when Mark Keel was interviewing me, I, I had mentioned it and I sent it to him and then he wrote back and goes, Oh my God, this track is great. You know? So, uh, but then I, I write very heavy too. I, I have, you know, I, I, I have, uh, you know, I have a very heavy side of me, like black Sabbath. I mean, I wrote the song, uh, I wrote the song master of insanity. That's that's on uh, the black Sabbath dehumanizer record. I wrote that track when I was playing with geezer Butler but they couldn't give me songwriting credit for it because Tony Iommi would never let a song on a black Sabbath record from another guitar player. <laughs> uh, but I wrote that whole song master of insanity and talk about uh, having what an honor it is that I have a song that I wrote with Ronnie James Dio singing on it. And it doesn't get any cooler than that. And, but even what's even better is that Ronnie Dio said it in a book that I wrote the song. So, yeah. So that was just like huge that he, that he, he said it in a book that, that I wrote the music and Giza wrote the lyrics for it. So that was a big deal for me, but yeah, I write real heavy. Uh, You know, I wrote some heavy tracks for, uh, uh, I worked with, well, look at David Wayne from metal church. Uh, I wrote his solo album. You know, I did that. Mike Vissera, who sang with Loudness and Ingve Malmsteen, I, I did uh, an album with him. Um, uh, you know, that's I have that side of me that's very, uh, very heavy. So I, once again, I write to who the singer is. And you got you got the heavy stuff, and you got the country songs. Like not <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm that. all over the place. My <laughs> yeah, it's true. What well, do you hope to do rock, with the country? Like I said, it's changed. It's not. It's not country anymore. <laughs> yeah. No. What do you hope to do with the country songs that you're writing? What? I'm sorry. Say that one more time. What do you hope to do with the country songs you're writing? Uh, I'd like to get uh, 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 someone in Nashville to take them. Uh, I uh, I I have uh, they're they're very much country rock, like what's going on right now, and. I, I, when I listen back to them, I, I, you know, I sing backups. I'm not, uh, I'm not a lead singer per se, uh, but I, I, you know, I I do a lot of harmonies, but when I'm writing something, I sing something in my head. I have a, you know, kind of a vocal line that I try to add into my, uh, into my mind, what would sound kind of cool on that. And uh, I could hear things all over these songs that uh, 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 someone that could really sing country could do like for example i'm a huge keith urban fan i just saw him the other night the guy just kicks ass he's just and and that band just slays his the what they played the other night was so amazing uh that i was floored i i you know i've seen him a couple times but the other night was just you know was just off the charts it really was i i love that you appreciate so many different styles of music you know, oh yeah I'm not locked into one thing by any means I, I like to uh, I like to listen to a lot of different things if possible but I don't copy you know I'm, I'm not one of these guys you know a lot of people ask me uh, I play in a a, a a band called a local band here that I play when I'm on my days off called Beyond Purple it's a it's a deep purple 
rainbow white snake tribute. That's why it's called Beyond Purple. It's like everything. It's like a lot of things that branched off of Deep Purple because it was so much that branched off of Deep Purple. But honestly, um, with the exception of a few songs um, uh, of Richie's, I, I pretty much do my own solo thing. I, I, I'll get the basic parts. Like uh, if I'm doing like uh, if I'm playing Here I Go Again from White Snake, I can't change that solo. You know, I got to do that. Da, 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 you know, you can't you can't like just go and do something totally off the wall because there's a melody line going there, you know. Um, so I, I try to catch the, uh, the the main elements of what's going on, but I'm not. A, I'm always one of these guys that will that doesn't like to copy anybody. I've I've had uh, you know people ask me for years, um, uh, why don't you do a solo record? How come you don't do a solo record? And my answer is very simple. Uh, I don't like instrumentals. I'm not. I'm not a self-indulging instrumental guitarist. I, you know, like I, I appreciate all the guys: Steve Vai, Ingve Malmsteen, Joe Satriani. I actually love Joe Satriani. Um, I, I love all these guys. But I'll put on an instrumental record and and I'll listen to just a, a little bit of it, a, a couple minutes of a song, and I go, you know, let me put on those about the rock. I want to hear that, you know. I'm a huge ACDC fan. That's what I want to listen to. I like, I like every song that I write has uh, a 30 second at the most guitar solo in it. 30 seconds, maybe 40 is pushing it, but 30 seconds, I'm out. I don't go for any long solos. Uh, if you look at my tracks, I have these long tracks going. And the guitar solo is like this, the section in the, in the, in the, uh, in the, in the pro tool. You know, it, it's so funny that it's, it's that thing, you know, it's, it's that one little section and I'm out of the song. But, um, you know, I, to me, and I keep this in mind when I'm writing uh, with Simon and James, it's about the song. It's not about me as a guitar player. I have my few moments in the song to shine uh, the song, but it's the song and the chorus and the melody line is what's important. So me, me going and trying to impress uh, somebody with guitar skills is gonna, uh, is gonna uh, attract a, a very, very small audience. The, the average listener doesn't care about a lot of that stuff. I wanna appeal to the average listener. What will, you know, I'm, you know, the only people that care about crazy crazy guitar solos and guitar players <laughs> it's true you're you know if you're doing these these albums uh you're doing those to impress a lot of musicians and guitar players that's you know to me that's what it is and and you and there's a massive world out there of these guys doing it and they're all mind-blowing but it's just not what i love i i'm like i said i'm an acdc fan I could listen to Angus Young playing guitar all day long, and I love that. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. Now, Jimmy, I, I, I've i got a few more questions. I don't know if you yeah, have go. a few more minutes. But, uh, you know, you talk about Beyond Purple, and, and I was just reading something with Joe Lynn Turner talking about his album, Slaves and Masters, that he did with Deep Purple. And I was just kind of wondering what your feeling on that album was. Oh, is that is that the one with uh, King of Dreams on it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, great album. I... I uh, I absolutely love that song. I love Joe Lynn Turner's voice. I absolutely, matter of fact, um, you know, Richie had, uh, you know, incredible singers in Rainbow. You know, you're talking Dio, Graham Bonnet, 
and and Joe Lynn, Doogie White, I believe too. Yep, that's right. Um, all amazing singers, and uh, each each one of them uh, had a, a characteristic of their own. Uh, the Dio uh, era was very more dark, you know. Um, uh, Joe Lynn, but when and Graham Bonnet was uh, kind of on the commercial thing, you know, especially with since he'd been gone and uh, that that album Down to Earth that they did is absolutely incredible. But I really love the Joe Lynn stuff. He's got some, you know, I like that type of uh, I like a lot of those songs, uh, you know, Stone Cold Surrender, uh, you know, even. Uh, even Death Alley Driver, you know, we play that one, a Spotlight Kid, you know, we do that, you know, when I'm doing those songs, I'm, you know, it's just fabulous. I Surrender and Can't Happen Here and all the, you know, there's a lot of great Joe Lynn songs, you know. Uh, sure. Other people might say, oh, you know, the Dio, and, and I think everything Ronnie Dio sings is absolutely amazing, but, you know, I, I just like it all, you know. Oh, absolutely. Well, and that was it. Like, you know, because because I I mean, Mont and I absolutely love that album. And so it's just it's always interesting to find out, you know, from another uh, purple aficionado, so to speak, that, you know, <laughs> it's like how that kind of stacks up. And if you would put like King of Dreams into into Beyond Purple show. I, I, already, I already talked to the guys, as a matter of fact, because we we're talking about adding a few more songs because uh, we do. a, You know, here's the thing we do. I, I don't do any obscure songs with beyond purple beyond purple i purposely said guys let's do all the popular songs now we could go if we wanted to go deep into certain things you know uh you know i would i know that i would love to play gates of babylon uh from rainbow and all that stuff but that's you know that's not exactly what i i wanted to do with that because that's more of a uh, a heavier uh different track you know i wanted to keep all the popular stuff uh silver mountain long live rock and roll um you know like for for example deep purple there's a million cuts we could do but uh you know we're doing highway star uh knocking at your back door a woman from tokyo uh uh burn you know uh things that that were uh, you know well known and then it, when we're playing um when we get to the when we start mixing in white snake and everything that's where the audience that's the audience more gravitates to the white snake stuff you know it's like because they're more familiar with it you know so you know when we're doing all the uh classic white snake songs uh those seem to be uh, a lot of the ones that go over uh really good but they love you know when we do knocking at your back door and burn uh, pulling off burns is is great that gets a, yeah. a, a, a yeah. raging applause when we uh, get done with that you know the, the singer Hush. must be the singer What's must that? be incredible he's emulating all these different singers yeah uh, he even, we, even did, uh, we even did for a while um um all that song off of uh uh down to earth that grand bonnet did we we do since he's been gone but uh uh we did um all night long which uh, uh, it, which is great. So he was able to sing. Uh, his name is Mike Gill. Great guy. Uh, he's he's uh, able to sing uh, Graham Bonnet uh, as well, along with all these other ones. So it's it's cool. It's a it's a cool band. It's fun, you know, and one of these things. But uh, you know, once again, you 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 find what your singer could do great, you know, and that's that all goes back to what we were talking about with the writing of the songs for Simon and uh, 
and James, it's, uh, you want to, you, you don't want to give them, like, I want to give Simon a real heavy metal track. Although I, I don't doubt that he would do great on it, but, um, you know, I'm more comfortable giving him what I know that he could really kill and, and do an, inc- an amazing job on. So how many guitars do you own? Uh, I, I was counting them yesterday. I, uh, I had a room over here that had about 15 in them in cases, but, uh, I have a whole bunch of, um, you know, back here, I got, uh, a corner over there that's all double gig bags over there loaded with guitars. Uh, I think, um, I think it's about 40, uh, 40 guitars, but I had a lot more at one point. I mean, if I hadn't gotten rid of all the guitars, I've done stupid things. I had seven Les Pauls at one time, uh, fl- countless flying V's, um, uh, explore i mean every kind of guitar you could think of countless strats i've only got two strats now um all the kramers when i was endorsed with kramer back in the 80s i had like 15 guitars from them that they gave me if i had all of those guitars still i would have a collection easily over 100 guitars and uh not to mention all these custom built ones that i have and so yeah i've done a lot of stupid things (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> do you how do you choose which one you're going to play on we we were just talking to david ellison and tim talking about like kind of the basses that he chooses to play and and like what's going to give him the right sound do you kind of have that same mentality well i have i have a company i have a uh i'll show you i have a, a company uh called pbx guitar i i like to give new companies a ch- uh, chance on a lot of things i have i've done work with uh, my buddy uh uh uh, Dale Roberts out of uh, out of uh, um, Jacksonville, Florida. He had built me a bunch of guitars. And I've been using them forever. And uh, this other company, Viper Guitars, out of California, they had built me a, a bunch. Uh, lately, I've been uh, I went to, I, I've been using this company called PVX Guitars here, and uh, this guy um, went to town on this purpose. I mean, he really wanted me to work with him so i came up with this body shape uh he had a different uh, body shape i wanted a little more extended horn i wanted a certain way that the neck joined into the body he was making he had a whole different neck joint but i wanted the next to bolt on uh to be a bolt on neck as opposed to the way that he had it uh it makes it easier to work on necks if fret jobs need to be done he actually had this made for me this is a floyd rose pro trim now, Floyd Rose makes uh, a left-handed tremolo, you know, the regular standard Floyd Rose. They didn't make this model left-handed here. I don't know if you could, it's a, yep. uh, the fine tuners are set to the back here. My biggest problem with uh, the Floyds was that my hand would always hit the fine tuners because they were up on, on right on the saddles. That's right, yeah. So what he did was he bought a few right-handed versions of this, uh, of the Floyd Rose Pro. And he went to a machine shop and had plates made. He he actually had left-handed plates made, and that's the only difference of a right-handed Floyd and 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 the right hand and the left-handed Floyd is the bottom plate that the bar sits in. The only difference. All the other hardware fits right onto it. So it was it was he did this for me, and I've got you know forties on on different guitars, uh, and he does um, normally very high quilted you know high quilted tops and everything like that 
I wasn't interested in that. I've got, <laughs> I've got, I like all my guitars to be white, except for one. Let me show it to you right now. The only reason I have it right here is because I'm recording a, a track. This is my silver metal Ooh, plate wow. one. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. If, but, and I, when I got it, I, I told him, I said, look, if I'm going to do a metal flake, I want to have huge flakes in it. So uh, he did that. And uh, uh, it, it just came out big, you know, because I've seen metal flakes where the flakes aren't that, you know, big. And so I wanted this to look like, a, you know, a motorcycle metal flake, you know. A matter of fact, the guy that the, the guy that he had painted uh, paints motorcycles. So that's. Uh, <laughs> no, that's awesome. Uh, it's uh, it's always so interesting to see the to see like which ones and which ones you kind of gravitate to, I guess. Yeah, this is my uh, this is my jazz bass. I have a jazz bass for all the demos. Um, it's a nightmare being left-handed. I can't, uh, I, I can't, you know, if I wanted a, a guitar that's a vintage guitar, like a, a like, a, and I change everything anyway, so I would never spend the money on a vintage guitar. But if I wanted a guitar that is uh, uh, like a vintage Strat from the '60s. It, it's it's untouchable uh price wise uh it's untouchable right-handed left-handed is even more insane right so uh you know every and it's it, it's always been so hard to find lefty guitars so basically uh you know i take what i could get wow yeah that and, is, and, but crazy. i love these the guy the guy the guy went you know all out for me on this oh i think i i, I might have to I might have another interview I got to do actually. Sure. No troubles. Well, before, before you run off, then uh, quickly tell everybody how they can keep up with you and, uh, and about the new autograph album and where they can find it. Oh, uh, well, uh, right now it's going to be released November 18th on frontier records. Uh, they're doing pre-orders for it right now as well, uh, which are going great. So you could go, uh, go to frontiers and get the, uh, um, the new front, uh, order it to a pre-order, uh, Check all of our, our uh, keep up on what's current with autograph by going to autographband.net. And um, my website uh, is jimmybell.com, uh, Jimmy J-I-M-I. I spell it like Hendrix, not just because I'm left-handed. It's just <laughs> I dig it, you know, uh, uh, J-I-M-I-B-E-L-L.com. And uh, follow me on Facebook. I'm all over the place. I, you know, I, I let people post on my page. Even people that want to insult me, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jimmy, it's been amazing talking to you. Uh, we've, I don't know, I've enjoyed every minute of it. And, well, you and, know what? I honestly, there's so much more that we didn't even touch on. Like, you know, I have a oh, yeah. long past, a long history. You want to call, you want to come back and do another interview? I have no problem. You can set it up anytime you want. You, you don't even have to go through. Uh, you can do whatever you want. You can contact me directly or go through. You know what you did before. But well, I have if, no problem. If, if you ever want to do a part two interview, I'm, I'm here for you. Jimmy, thank, thank you. you so much. Uh, we wish you all the best. And, uh, and we've enjoyed ourselves immensely. So thank you oh, so thank much. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Awesome.
trend. 